Dag Prescott here. Why do I choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because better sleep elevates my game. Only my Sleep Number 360 smart bed helps me fall asleep faster, keeps me cool, and effortlessly adjusts for my best sleep. The result? 28 minutes more restful sleep a night. That's more focus, more edge, and more highlights. And that means more wins for all of us. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed plus free delivery when you add a base. Ends Labor Day. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. And this, this is, is the Reimagined Success, Success Podcast. We're a husband and wife team who want to make a difference. Keeping up with the Joneses can be exhausting, and we can often lose sight of what we are accomplishing. We're here to reimagine success and to celebrate the steps it takes us to get there. Big or small, we want to showcase success stories that will inspire, motivate, and help propel you towards greatness in your own life. So come reimagine success with us and let's, let's go, go on, on this, this journey, journey together. together. Welcome back to another Thursday edition of Reimagine Success. I hope everybody's had a great start to their new year. I know that we have. We've been extremely productive this year so far, uh, already accumulating a little success going forward. Exactly. And I hope that everyone had a happy New Year's and you have a successful 2022 ahead of you. Today on the show, we've got an amazing guest. Her name is Brooke Salazar, and she's a national keynote speaker and lecturer. Brooke offers practical strategies and solutions to address complex enterprise challenges. Brooke is a longtime human resources professional that combined her passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion with her passion for law that culminated in becoming a practicing associate general counsel and DEI officer at Apex Benefits Group. She has over 15 years of rich progressive experience as a trusted subject matter expert in resolving and mitigating complex employee relations matters. From in-house roles, she has served a wide range of employers from large complex multinationals to growing entrepreneurial businesses. This experience shaped how she approaches each client individually to provide solutions that fit their culture and size. Additionally, her career has been built upon developing active business partnerships with senior executive leadership in the strategic section and tactical execution of HRIS systems, retirement plans, both qualified and non-qualified, and various talent strategies that integrate human capital success into strategic business results. As an in-house counsel and in her consulting practice, she brings the benefit of practical experience with a focus on how colleagues can be accomplices in the success of diverse colleagues. She attended McKinney School of Law and she received her bachelor's degree from Indiana University, and she currently resides in Carmel, Indiana. Now, I just said a lot of things that I don't know a lot about, and so luckily, Brooke can <laughs> fill us in. So welcome, Brooke, first welcome. of all. Welcome. Thank you so much, and thanks, everybody, for hanging in there with me with that very long of intro that I gave them. So I really appreciate you sticking in with me. Those are a lot of words to say that I'm very passionate about helping people on a daily basis. Um, I think what's really neat um, about what I do is, as opposed to if I was a straight attorney in a firm, I get to make an impact every day. So yeah. I get to help out CEOs and HR leadership to say, hey, what can we do? And how can we look at it from a business strategic point of view? But how can we help folks as well? And that's, I mean, that's why I do what I do. And you don't see me at a firm where it could take years for something to pay off. 
um, on a very small scale, but being able to work with business leaders and HR folks, I get to talk to them about how things like paid leave, paid family leave can actually help in the strategic growth of their business. Hmm. That's awesome because we are all about helping people and, you know, helping people to find success. And it sounds like you're right on that same page with us. Absolutely. And I think as an attorney, you know, when we go through law school, we're taught, you know, we're all striving for that big law experience. And I think when my parents uh, found out I was going to law school, they expected some kind of like suit, like that show suit <laughs> right. or like the, you know, the good wife. Yeah, uh, you're not, you're I, not out there going, I want the truth. And somebody's <laughs> on the other side going, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I don't wear a fancy suit. In fact, today, um, I, I wore doc shoes to work and one of my good friend's sons, he is in law school and he couldn't believe I was an attorney when I met him. And I said, you know, is it cause I don't have a blazer on? Like you a blazer. Um, I'm not super sure. And he said, no, you have that in-house glow. So mm. I was like, ah, so I'm not super stressed checking my phone all the time. And I have to say, it's not my skincare regime. It really is an in-house glow because when we talk about reimagining success, it's not that big law life. It's really a life with balance. Right. And so I really strive to maintain balance in, in my life. Sometimes it, I succeed and sometimes I don't. I'm super interested to hear how you guys have gotten so much done <laughs> here on January 6th. Um, I don't know what, what's going on over there, but I need um, some secrets to that. <laughs> but I think that being able to identify what your big rocks are, what's most important to you, and then build your life around that has really led me down a very strategic path. Well, speaking of the path, how did you know that you wanted to be a lawyer or go into the law field? Well, I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, always. It's, and when I came out of undergrad, it was the Great Recession. Mm. And so I wanted to be a criminal lawyer, which if you, you know, if you've ever seen any kind of procedural drama, right, you know that criminal law is not the one you achieve balance in. No. Um, that's, not, that's not a thing there, folks. Um, and so I actually, I went to work as a paralegal for death penalty cases. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed that. But then it got to the point that I, it was too much. So I said, you know, today's the day I'm going to sell out. Cause I really thought going corporate meant you sold out because when you're young, that's what corporate means to you. Mm -hmm. uh, right. <laughs> yeah. We all think that. <laughs> that's right. And so I told the lawyers I worked for, I was like, Hey, this is the day I sold out. I really want to find an area in a corporation that I get to help help people and not after years and years of trying and so i was fortunate enough to go to work as a paralegal and i supported the human resources department and it was it was amazing and 
part of why I'm so excited to be able to do this podcast is so law students and other folks can listen and say, okay, for those people that, you know, are diverse or don't come from a certain background, um, how do you get opportunities? And how I got opportunities um, in HR was I literally just stalked the human resources vice president. He would go out to smoke. I would go with him. Like I literally stalked him into submission and I hung around and I did have a background in litigation. So that helped Mm -hmm. with document production and understanding laws and understanding all of that employment stuff. And I frankly always enjoyed hearing myself talk. (laughs) Um, and so training and lecturing became a supernatural fit for me. And by stalking that VP of HR into submission, I was able to do some really cool title seven, like employment law, equal opportunity training for managers. And then it just kind of rolled forward from there. And no one is we, I think looking from far away, I always thought, well, once you're a manager, you know how to work with people, right? Right. You know how to lead people like that. Like, but that's not a thing. <laughs> right. No one, I've met a lot of managers and no one, you can have a born leader, but no one is a born manager. No one is born with knowledge of EEO laws and the Americans with Disabilities Act law. and age discrimination law, like no one's born with that. And so to be able to talk to them about this is what these laws mean and this is how we can be empathetic, right? Because I like to teach about the law, but I also like to push in there like burnout, mental health, how we can be empathetic and ask our employees, how can I help? Because I I think we forget sometimes as leaders and even as I'm not a parent, I'm an auntie. And mm-hmm. so it's easy for aunties too to forget. I can ask my nieces and nephew, what would you guys like to do? But I don't, we don't have to do it. And I think sometimes that's what we forget with employees, that they know what they do best and they know what they do every day. So ask them, how can I help you? How can I support you? And you don't have to do it, but at least having that knowledge and I will say eight times out of 10, it's something so simple that you can absolutely, absolutely do it. And uh, that's kind of where it started. And so it just, my career in HR progressed and I was like, hey, great news. I get to do all the things that lawyers get to do, except I don't have to draft. Mm. And I don't have to have over $100,000 in average law school debt. Uh, because I get to be in HR and I get to impact people every day. This is awesome. And I was at um, one one organization and they were talking about um, legal department strategy. I said, oh, because I had moved my way, just like my goal was, mm-hmm. from paralegal to HR, to HR manager, etc. And I said, no, this is what it needs to look like. And this is how you manage your outside counsel. And this is how you manage this budget. And this is how you manage risk. And he said, well, can't you do those, all those things for us? And I said, I don't have a bar card. I can't, I cannot do that for you. And he said, well, can you get one? 
<laughs> I mean, it's so easy, right? Right. Like, <laughs> and like, like out of a Cracker Jack box? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Like, it's, uh, <laughs> um, and he said, no, no, um, we would support you. Let's talk about what that means. And so that's really what got me on the path. And God help me at 34, I went to law school. Um, oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. I know. I don't look anywhere near 34 um, because it's the in-house glow. It's right? the in-house glow. Yes. It's, but you can you're, believe you're so- it. You, you guys, if you, if you got to see her, she does have that in-house glow. She's so <laughs> happy with her career ch- choice that is taking years off of her life. I mean, <laughs> That's off one her way. Face. That's <laughs> the rest what, of us I was going to say years off of her life. life is probably one way to put it. Um, <laughs> but I did, and I went to um, law school at night, and I HR managed um, teams of people during the day. And that's how I got, got through law school because I knew I would tell anyone going to law school and I say this to everyone um figure out a way you're going to pay for it mm-hmm. and so I didn't I knew once I got out at 39 I wasn't going to be able to do what I wanted to do with a ton of debt hanging over over my head and I'm just going to be really honest because we're in the tree of trust right right Absolutely. I knew I was never going to be in that top five top 10 to go into big law and make the kind of suits money that my parents thought I was going to make. And so I thought, well, I need to be able to do something during the day that supplements my resume for when I get out. And I found Apex Benefits. They've been amazing. I was able to study for the bar, take the bar, pass the bar, work with them. And it's, it's been so great. And that's what I would say is to any law school student on a non-traditional path, number one, if you're an evening school student, God love you. (laughs) (laughs) And keep like, keep going unless you don't, you know, you figure out it's not the path for you because the law is a profession with one of the highest rates of alcoholism, divorce, addiction. And I, this was the best advice that I ever got. And it was from one of my dear friends that actually wrote one of my letters of recommendation for law school. And he said, if you can do anything else and be happy, do that thing and don't go to law school. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a, that's a real good encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) I told him, Hey, guess what? I got accepted. He said, I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Um, Because it's, you know, it's, it's hard work and it's like nothing you've ever experienced, but I am super happy to be on this side of the table, but I definitely wasn't a traditional student. I would talk about the golden girls. I would talk about cultural (laughs) references that 26 year olds have no idea what I was talking about. Um, But that is, that is okay. But I was definitely a non-traditional non-traditional student for sure. That's awesome. Uh, One of the things that struck me when you and I talked before the podcast was your passion for diversity and inclusion and just how much you want to take a stand for, you know, helping those underdogs, the people that are kind of looked over 
many times to have their voice heard and to be able to succeed. Uh, and you're not just self-focused in success, which I loved. You're, you're about helping others to succeed. And that's kind of where we're at in life is we want to make sure that our lives help pro propel other people to succeed in what they're doing. Um, so what does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis for you? Like how, what, what practical things are you doing to help those that maybe are discriminated against or put down because of their race, sexual orientation, age, whatever it may be that, uh, gender, you know, there's so many things that are keeping people lower these days and we're trying to make our world better by being more inclusive and, and making sure that those voices are heard. So what are, what are you able to do in your realm to help that? Well, I just did a really amazing um, series with four um, leaders, I would say national leaders, but they happen to be all located in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, that I like practical things. So I am basically like an 87-year-old British man after World War II. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like kumbaya. I want to know things that I can do right now. I don't need 50,000 different executives to buy into what I want to do. I want to be able to do them right now. And so Apex was amazing. Apexbg.com. That's apexbg.com. Um, go out there, take a peek at these um, podcasts and interviews because we did one with the director of diversity for the cult. We did one with a nationally renowned um, leader in mentorship, Jimmy McMillan, who is chief diversity officer for Penske Entertainment, which Penske, the racing team, mm -hmm. um, and Elias Serrano, who is a dear friend of mine, who is the CEO of MSIL. Which, which I spoke to him. He should be coming on the podcast soon. <laughs> Yay! Okay, he is amazing. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> that makes me, that makes my heart sing. Um, <laughs> but what are practical things we can do? And what are things we can do every day um, to help be accomplices? So let's, Brian Richardson Jr., who's the director of diversity for the Colts, he talked to me and we talk about this on the podcast about moving past allyship and being an accomplice like mm. having skin in the game right and so how can we use our voice to sponsor those folks that are overlooked right and so not everybody is cut out to be a mentor it's just right. not a thing you you have to give hard news you have to build the relationship, which means being vulnerable, talking about your failures. Um, a lot of folks don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of folks don't like to talk about their failures. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't. No, we no. love to. Yeah. I mean, failure is, means you're trying. Failure means you're trying and you're building a relationship in that's based in authenticity. Mm -hmm. And let's mm -hmm. be honest, who just shuts down when somebody, all they're talking to you about is their successes. Like my eyes kind of glaze over and in our, you know, social media curated kind of society now, we all want to talk about those times that we, you know, we worked really hard and we got it. Well, sometimes that's, that's wonderful. And I'm super excited for those folks that do, 
but some folks need a little more sponsorship to get to the table mm-hmm. so they can get the opportunity to work really hard and, and achieve. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I do, I mean, I work with CEOs, I work at, at Apex, I'm the diversity officer there. But when I think about, and this is one of those things when I talked about practicality uh, is amplification tips. So how do we sponsor and amplify folks that may be overlooked? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to do that is we know the halo effect, right? Right. So the halo effect is we identify something in someone and then we make assumptions based on what we identify that means X, Y, and Z. So I tend, I'll be vulnerable, I tend to get along really well with people from small towns because I am from a small town. I grew up in Greenfield, Indiana, between two cornfields. <laughs> and I will walk into a room and I will literally strike up a conversation and that person will have grown up on a gravel road just like I did. Um, and with the halo effect, what that tells us is that because they grew up on a gravel road, I'm going to associate, well, they're like me. They're success driven. They're this, they're that, which may not be the case. Right. Right. So it's really important to sponsor folks that don't look like us, that don't come from our background. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when we're sponsoring them, we want to make sure that we're, we're being empathetic. And this is one of the things I talk about in my presentation on cross-cultural mentorship is when there were four of us and we, I don't know, like a PC way to say it, but like, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. I mean, there were, there were four of us, like Mm -hmm. there was a $5, $5.50, $7, like admission to go somewhere on a school trip. Like you didn't want to ask our parents for it. You just, you just didn't. I totally um, get that. I had my first job at 13 to pay for a uh, a trip to go somewhere with my school. I can't even remember where. And it, <laughs> Melissa did too, right? Yep. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes you get to these, you can get to a certain level within an organization and those folks haven't had that experience. Mm. Right. And so I think all experiences are wonderful, but teaching sometimes that how do we open the door to other folks experiences before we flood them with our experiences Mm. so i'm here to tell you what my saturday looked like was definitely not the saturday of a mom (laughs) (laughs) of a mom of a single dad it absolutely wasn't and when my friends that are parents say what'd you do on the weekend i was like why don't you tell me about your weekend first (laughs) And then I'll decide what to tell you about my weekend. Um, Because my weekend is going to look like some really good brunch, a workout, a nap, playing with my dogs, and then probably bed by 930. I mean, but, you know, I know a lot of moms of young toddlers, and they would not care to hear that some days, um, which I cannot, I can't blame them. Although I would tell them that doesn't happen when you just have dogs. But, but, um, so when you're working and you're trying to be an accomplice, right? You have skin in the game and you ask who you're trying to sponsor, how was your weekend? Ask them first, right? 
ask them first. Invite people to the meeting that don't look like you. Mm -hmm. So give people the opportunities for assignments that don't look like you. Um, I would also say this is a tip I learned from Obama one, his administration. Mm -hmm. So we know that he had a lot of women in his administration, but they were finding that when they went to meetings, one of them would say something. And then it just, no one was paying attention. And then I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but about eight to seven minutes, seven to eight minutes later, a man would say the same thing. It would be like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I ask people in my presentations, I'm like, raise your hand. Like, yeah. 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 I'm I'm sure. (laughs) it um, It is a common denominator. But what they did, which I thought was really interesting, was they started repeating what the first person said. So it would be like, I really liked Brooke's idea X. Mm. And then if it still wasn't acknowledged, another person would go, I really liked what Brooke said earlier until it became very apparent. And that's how they helped culturally shift the paradigm. Right. And so when we talk about sponsorship, when we talk about being an accomplice, if someone is in a meeting and they're being overlooked, and they say something, it's listen, they're not all great ideas. Right. <laughs> like they're not, they're not all great ideas. However, people still need to be acknowledged because you're paying them for their compensation for all of their experiences, all of their thoughts. And if you're not going to acknowledge what that is, you're only getting 60% of your compensation rate. Right. right? And the next idea they have may be amazing. And then they but, won't share it because they're scared to speak up because they wasn't, they were not heard before. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things that I do in my life is if I see that, which you do in corporate America, mm-hmm. I, that is exactly what I do. Um, and I think that that, to me, those are things we do every day and we incorporate every single day that aren't my, I listen, my mother was, she was about like born maybe six or seven years too late to be a hippie, but she (laughs) loved Bobby Kennedy. And so I was very much raised by um, a Bobby Kennedy stan. And so it's not Bobby Kennedy level, right? So it's not a huge thing, but it's a huge thing to that person. Right. To be heard, to be yes. seen, yes. to be acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. It's really um, interesting. Um, lately, we've been watching, you know, our shows that we keep up with. And it seems like it's been a theme on a lot of shows that we've been watching is the inequality between men and women and, um, you know, how women's voices are often heard less or uh, white people versus minorities or um, straight people versus uh, non-straight people. And it's easy for me being a, a white cisgendered straight man to, uh, you know, go somewhere and get my ideas heard. And it's, and I hate that other people don't have that voice and I'm with you. Like I want to give voices to those that don't have voices. I want to amplify the people that are tried to be, 
that are being held down by other people and and get those voices heard because so many unbelievable things have come from the unconventional and I did air quotes for those of you that aren't watching <laughs> me live right now which is everybody uh the unconventional areas that people are like oh we, we, they they can't give anything good because they're xyz there everybody has brilliance in them and that brilliance needs to be tapped into and unlocked and given the opportunity to be brought to the surface and i love what you do because i mm-hmm. champion that we champion that as mm-hmm. a podcast as a couple uh, we're always looking for ways to champion those that don't necessarily have as loud of a voice. Right, exactly. Dag Prescott here. Why do I choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because better sleep elevates my game. Only my Sleep Number 360 smart bed helps me fall asleep faster, keeps me cool, and effortlessly adjusts for my best sleep. The result? 28 minutes more restful sleep a night. That's more focus, more edge, and more highlights. And that means more wins for all of us. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed plus free delivery when you add a base. Ends Labor Day. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. Well, I think, you know, I talk about this too, and the Supreme Court talked about it. There was a really interesting study done on how many um, times the female justices were interrupted. Mm. And it was interrupted, and it was a significant amount more than the men. Wow. And so when I am with professional women and we're giving these talks and men, and I, I ask about the interruption because I thought once I became an attorney, they would give me my bar card, they would give me my blazer. And I would never be interrupted again. (laughs) (laughs) And so one of the things I really try to do, and when I am blessed enough to be around other powerful women, because men don't seem to have this problem, is I ask, when you're consistently interrupted, what do you say? What do you do? How do you handle that? Because I also think that I like to think that everyone in their hearts, like no one wants to discriminate. That is what I like to to think. And I hope. And so I, my hope is, is once you point it out, Hey, did you realize that you're consistently interrupting me? Um, Number one, that usually I'll tell you right now, it'll stop behavior. Right. (laughs) Right. But sometimes they really don't and they don't realize that they're they're interrupting you. And so when I talk, when I present on diversity and inclusion, diversity is great, right? Diversity is being invited to the dance. Inclusion is feeling safe enough to dance. That's Verna Myers. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. And when you invite folks to dance, you have to be willing to give them that felt security that we are going to, we are here with you to ensure that you can be yourself and you can bring all of those experiences to the floor. And that, that is what I, I strive to do. And I will, or I also like to do bystander sentences for when we see one of our colleagues being made to feel uncomfortable for whatever reason, whether that's harassment or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that, and maybe my family comes from the South, 
So maybe it's just like that Alabama Southern. I know that we all want to make everybody feel comfortable, but giving people sentences to say, hey, you know, you need to stop or that's not okay. Or I've even heard drop a book to get the behaviors to stop. Right. And that is where I really try to train is giving folks sentences, number one, to defend themselves because we're so worried. Was I too mean? Mm -hmm. Did I seem rude? And then I wanted to say something. I just didn't know what to say. Mm. Right. And so being able to script those talking points can really help folks feel like they have those go-tos so they don't need to fumble their words or search for what to say or what feels like the nice thing to say. Right, exactly. And, you know, a lot of times that's also building confidence, not only, you know, with your friends, but also in the work environment, because once you build confidence with someone saying that, hey, you can speak, you can use your voice, you can, you know, comment, and we're going to listen to you and we're going to hear you and we're going to give you feedback. Like maybe that wasn't the, the brightest idea, but we can brainstorm on that and create something that is even better as a group among us. And then they are going to a bit they're going to keep giving their ideas and they're going to keep you know doing that over and over because that's going to create a habit and that's going to change their fearfulness for not speaking up one of my colleagues who i adore she talks about felt security Mm -hmm. so how we make people feel secure so we don't just tell them we're a dei company or we believe in the eeo statement how do we make them feel that thing how do we make them feel like they can bring their whole selves to work? And those are what we just talked about. Those are pillars on how to do that. And from the sentences, the bystander sentences, to the amplification tips, those are pillars on felt security mm-hmm. and how we, because it's not just when we talk about DEI, sometimes I think people talk about, like we forget like past the recruiting pipeline. How do we retain the diverse talent we have? Right. Mm-hmm. And if somebody doesn't feel comfortable enough to be their whole selves at work, it's like wearing a shoe that's uncomfortable. Yes, you can do it. <laughs> We've all done it. We can do it. But the first chance we get to take that shoe off, we absolutely will. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it goes back to to your analogy earlier about the dance. You know, it, we can invite people to dance and we can tell them, hey, you have all the freedom to dance. But if we're standing against the wall just with our arms crossed and not dancing ourselves and showing them that we are going to dance with them, then they're not going to believe us that they actually have the freedom to dance. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a really good point. And you could build that trust through vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? Through being yourself. I, you know, I said my family is from the South. They're from Alabama and Southern Indiana, which Southern Indiana, we're like a state unto ourselves. <laughs> um, but I say lawyer because I like, I can say lawyer. Like if I'm <laughs> trying to be fancy, I'll say <laughs> lawyer. And one of my friends said, are you worried about how lawyer makes you sound? And I said, no, because that's who I am. And if I'm authentic to myself, then other folks can be authentic to themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm. Exactly right. That's perfectly said. So um, that's one of those things that I think, 
I love that point about everybody has, we all have to dance and we all have to ensure that we're creating a space where we have felt security that we can all be vulnerable. And that is not through curated Instagram influencer minutia. That is through <laughs> true, authentic, sincere relationships mm-hmm. and um, how we build that into our culture. And it's about speaking up, even if it's uncomfortable for you. Because if, as much as it's uncomfortable for you to speak up, think about the person that is being discriminated against and how uncomfortable it is for them. And we know that it's wrong and we're advocating for the right thing to happen. But if we don't use our voices to speak up when there's an injustice being uh, happening in, in front of us, then the people who are seeing the injustices or being, being treated unfairly rather, they're not going to believe us when we say, oh, yeah, yeah, just uh, use these sentences if we, they've never heard us use them to defend them or to defend other people, and we just let things go under the rug. Absolutely. And sometimes they think when we're talking about discrimination, it's important if, to talk about the EEOC. So I, like I said, I like to believe the best at everybody. And I've never worked in environments where there is blatant, terrible discrimination. I've been very blessed. However, if you would like to read, I would encourage folks that are interested, go out to the EEOC website and look at some of their published settlements. And you're going to see some things in there that will curl your hair. And if you would have asked me um, before I got involved with the EEOC, I would have said, oh, I don't know that there's blatant, blatant discrimination, terrible discrimination, maybe disparate impact. Um, and part of that was due to my age, but I started becoming involved and paying attention to the EEOC and some of it will absolutely, you'll be shocked what folks face. And again, to your point, I just think that's the, priv- that's the privilege that I have. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, what specific success stories do you have recently that you would like to share and celebrate, Brooke? Oh, you know, I, like I said, I love to work with people one-on-one. I presented at the American Society of Pharmacy Lawyers, which is a mouthful to say. (laughs) And (laughs) there are folks there that are lawyers and PharmDs, which are doctors of pharmacy and pharmacists. And I was a part of the main, the main presentation slate. So everyone had to attend. And we talked, and it was about 300 people. And I I got kind of nervous because it wasn't my usual DEI crowd, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, usually, my DEI crowd chooses to come to my presentations, um, and this one was you. You were forced to, and I think that when folks are forced to do things, sometimes their ears can close down. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And so. I was a little nervous. So we, we, I did my presentation. I always say that if they're laughing, they're listening. Mm -hmm. So I shared some of my own experiences, which are 
ridiculous and <laughs> funny because I'm absurd. <laughs> and if there's a way to, you know, spill something on yourself for trips, I will find it. <laughs> um, and so I shared, again, some of my personal failures. And I asked people to raise their hands and no one was really raising their hands. Hmm. And, you know, part of talking about authenticity and vulnerability, one of my question was, is raise your hand if you never made a mistake so bad that they weren't going to escort you from the building or oh. ask you to leave school. Everybody's made that mistake, folks. Yeah. Everybody yep. at some point in their career, their studenthood has made a mistake so terrible that you're like, well, this is it. Right. <laughs> I'm not super sure where I go from here. And no one raised their hand. Mm -hmm. And then I asked the question about, you know, being interrupted. No one raised their hand. Should have been and like, is there an, is there an alien behind you guys? Like, <laughs> right, right. And Something silly. <laughs> I mean, I it just, I thought, oh man, but they were interacting with me. So I thought, well, they are listening. They just don't like what they're hearing. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's that. And then afterwards I got done and um, I will say I had about 20 different women come up to me and say, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been interrupted. I've been overlooked. There were four or five men that came up as well. Talk to me about, you know, how can we be accomplices? What I really liked your amplification tips. Do you have any more? I wrote them down. Um, and I was just so excited by that because I thought, you know, all it takes is one person to make the difference in one person's life because let's be honest when you make a difference in my life you're not just making a difference in my life you're making a difference in my family's life mm -hmm. right you're making a difference in an opportunity i can give someone else um and that to me and that paying it forward is so big that i get really excited about that so i was really excited that I made real connections during that presentation. And I was really excited that folks felt comfortable enough with me to come up and have sincere and authentic conversations. That's awesome. And I think that that's going to be a lot of people today listening uh, whatever day that they're listening on, uh, they will hear this and they might evaluate their decisions and how they treat people in the workplace or not in the workplace, just in public, in wherever, uh, in their homes. You know, a lot of wives don't have a voice with their husbands and are afraid to speak up. And so I hope today that all of our listeners are hearing what Brooke has to say and hearing about how you can make a change in your life and the way that you treat others and that you can start to bring positivity and opportunity to those who may not have had it in the past. So. Absolutely. I, we could all make a difference. I, we could all make a difference in our community. And I think making a difference starts at home as well. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Well, Brooke, we have, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you. Uh, it's, it's given us both a lot of 
stuff to think about and uh, um, you know just I'm sure it's inspired our listeners and so um, why don't why don't you real quick give everybody an idea of where how they could get in touch with you if you've got any social media or any ways they could contact you I know you're active on LinkedIn uh, but any other places that they could find you uh, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. I am super active out there. I don't like to be, um, <laughs> this may shock you. Uh, social media is not my thing. <laughs> However, as our marketing director says, like you can't, you can't do what I do and no one knows where to find you. Uh, <laughs> I had to rock 40 paces to the left of mile marker four. Um, so it's Brooke Salazar on LinkedIn.com. And then I'm always available via via email, which is, excuse me, B Salazar, that's B-S-A-L-A-Z as in zoo, A-R at Apex, A-P-E-X, B-G dot com. And I, I love to chat with folks and have authentic conversations. Um, so I, I would love to hear from you. And if you have feedback on we you know the series of my diversity series on lessons earned i would love for you guys to go out and watch them or listen to them really listen to them um and give me the feedback unless it has to do with makeup or hair and then you should know that my mom's already given me all that feedback um and, and where I, can I they find those videos they can find those on apexbg.com so that's apex a-p-e-x B is in boy, G is in go.com. Awesome. And mom has already commented on things in my face. So <laughs> um, feel free to keep that feedback. <laughs> well, you have been so great, Brooke. And I know our listeners have received so much knowledge from you about how to make a difference in their own personal life. And that's well, what we're here for. <laughs> I am just humbled to be asked to be on here. So thank you so much. I've listened to your other, to your other guests and it is a prestigious club. So thank you so much. Oh, thank really you. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> that just made me smile from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brooke, we hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll catch up with you soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. Wow. Brooke was so amazing. Yes, she was. I know that like that topic is something that everybody really needs to hear. And it is very controversial because a lot of people are afraid to talk about stuff like this and it really needs to be heard and talked about. Yeah, it's, it's really sad because I think people are afraid to speak up about it because they don't want to be treated like those that they feel bad for being treated that way. And so mm -hmm. therefore they keep their voices down and the injustice just keeps on happening when we could all start speaking up and saying we've had enough of this and it's time to make real change. Right. It's, it's honestly, it's about creating a new habit and the new habit needs to be out of love, out of respect and about being completely, completely unified. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, Brooke was amazing and we've got some more amazing guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you're tuning in every week to the Reimagine Success Podcast. And with that, this is a Creative Global Entertainment production. Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? 
Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore, and don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginesuccesspod at gmail.com and let us know what your successes are. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginesuccesspod.com. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success. Dag Prescott here. Why do I choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because better sleep elevates my game. Only my Sleep Number 360 smart bed helps me fall asleep faster, keeps me cool, and effortlessly adjusts for my best sleep. The result? 28 minutes more restful sleep a night. That's more focus, more edge, and more highlights. And that means more wins for all of us. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed plus free delivery when you add a base. Ends Labor Day. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL.